Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Hey, hey, yeah. hey. Look at G. Bush. Look 50 at the way hours to kick off. Look I know. At this bro, guy. What's up? Prom, prom jacket G. Bush is in the building. Making the rest of us look bad, honestly. Did you really wear that to prom or no? No, I probably not wasn't this big back then. Did you, you know? go to prom? No. I had surgery. What? You had what? I had surgery. Like football? Because of football? I had the calf surgery. Like, mm. so... Actually, did I tell you the story before I have an extra bone that grows in my leg, right? That's right. You did tell and us And they that. took it out and grew back, so I couldn't go to prom. I went to homecoming. That bone is determined. Yeah, yeah. that bone will never come out. He's just like, no, I'm going to be here with you like a stalker. Wow, that yeah. sounds painful. I mean, you're like a little bit of an alien, basically. Yeah. I, you got I, things you, growing inside you. Yeah, yeah, and I don't drink milk. Went to the doctor. My mm. mom tried to be like, you need, you know how parents are. Yeah. The reason your leg hurts is because you, you're, you're deficient. And we went <laughs> to the doctor. I was like, didn't drink milk. You didn't drink milk. I go to mom, uh, the doctor. I said, my mom thinks I'm going to drink milk. I'm not going to do it because I was still this size. I was <laughs> like, you can't make me. And, and the doctor was like, no, he ha- actually has uh, extra calcium in his body. Uh, he doesn't need to drink. You don't need to drink. So I'm buying calcium. Mom. Don't need to drink milk. You had that covered. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. It's Friday. Busy day. We have 90 minutes for you here on the YouTube show. At 12.30, we're slingshotting over to Channel 3. Here's how you can watch that. If you're in the Cleveland area or the Cleveland television market, you just turn to Channel 3. There we are. It's like magic. If you're outside the Cleveland area, and we know half of our viewers are, Mm -hmm. which is stunning to me. Half of our viewers are from outside the state of Ohio. Mm -hmm. This show's global. Yeah. But here's how you watch it. You can very simply just put the WKYC Plus app on any smart TV. WKYC Plus. Download it, stream it to your TV. If you don't want to do that or you're a little technology challenge, just go to the website, WKYC.com, hit watch now. That's simple. Pretty you can easy. Watch us, you can watch us anywhere. That's right. Easy yeah. money. Uh, on today's 90 minute show, Tim Couch, Mary Kay Cabot. No, no Mary Kay today. Oh, Mary Kay's not today? Why do I think Mary Kay was today? We have never talked about Mary Kay being part of this show whatsoever. <laughs> I, the TV version on somehow, the YouTube version. Somehow I had Mary <laughs> Kay right. in my mind. Mary <laughs> Kay was mentioned in our co- our conference call. Maybe yeah, that's yeah, why. I don't, yeah. Maybe that's why. <laughs> she was mentioned. She was. Yeah. Uh, Tim's going to be here. Tim's been really good this year. Breaking yeah. down the Browns. Yeah. Uh, we're going to ask him his thoughts because we haven't talked to him since the great Deshaun Watson outing. We yes. haven't talked to him about that. That's true. What was the difference? What made Deshaun Watson... Houston Deshaun Watson. And also, we've talked about this with Mary Kay and with Tim, or, and with uh, Leroy this week, Aditi. How do you unlock David Njoku? He's still middle of the pack amongst all NFL tight ends. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell us what you did when, this, when, when we had when a call. That, Mike asked that question in our conference call. I laughed. Yeah. David Njoku is a nice NFL player. So uh, he reached his full potential? You, I mean, I, I just don't like... Has he reached his full With, potential? Yes, it's probably. Year six, yes. No. Seven, so here's the question: can't Really unlock the player? If this is all he is, <laughs> yeah, that's a big miss by the Browns. <laughs> They're paying him to be a top three tight end. I, at this point, I don't think he's top three tight end money. Take a look. I, I, take a look. I, I think he was at one. When he point. signed his deal, he was third. Now I think there has been one or two tight ends since then signed for more. The fact of the matter is, 
he has been a woeful underachiever. Or is this who he is? This is who he is. If this is who he is, and like I said yesterday, we've got a large enough body of work to think that this is exactly who he is. The question is, what does Kevin Stefanski need to do to get him more involved and be the productive player that they're paying him to be? When your performance doesn't match your paycheck, that's that's a big problem. And his has never really matched his paycheck. So we're going to talk about that. And also... Um, we want to know, uh, we're going to talk about this in the nine, in the 30-minute show, so I'm not going to tease that yet. I am going to say this, uh, the 30-minute show that we have for you, there's content in there that we haven't done all week. In, in fact, uh, and this is, I think, going to be the hottest thing that we talk about today. Right now, Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Yeah. That's, what was, that's what's going to be the first topic in our WKYC show at 12.30 on Channel 3. So you'll definitely want to make sure yeah. you check that out. I have the numbers, by the way. Where is we, he right we, now? At this point, we can't complain. He is the, although I guess we could, he's the eighth highest paid tight end per yeah. year. He's the 17th in terms of this year yards per game. He's 17th. Yeah. So we can still complain. And we, we will. Even but we if can't we say top three anymore. By the way, Taysom Hill is the 13th paid, best, highest paid. So you're counting him? No, that. Well, he's he's the 13th. 13th. That's still crazy. He played like five snaps a game. I need that contract. By the way, here are the seven guys being paid more than David Njoku. Let's hear it. TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, Mark Andrews, and Evan Engram. All All clearly better. better. All are clearly better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No question, in fact. Uh, when, When they made him the third highest paid tight end, we all just we all were like we didn't get it. I don't understand. Somebody sees something in him that we don't. I think they knew that the cap was headed where it's headed, and that played into it as well. And so it looked outsized at the time, as both point out. It's not yeah. as outsized now as it right. was when he signed it. I, I, we're kind of doing the Njoku topic yeah, now. Yeah. I don't know if that was the no. That's yeah, not. Yeah. We're going to come back to all that. Right. But first, yeah. let's say our first hello of the day to Mikey McNuggets. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because now I can't see you without your face being chicken skin tinted and your face inside a nugget. He is miserable about this. I know he is. No, that's, that's, that's not miserable. That, that's a gross over-exaggeration. No, he is. And if he, would, if he would get over that, it would eventually go away. Embrace it. Yeah. Embrace the McNugget life. Listen, I have been a McNugget now since May 11th, 2022. Facts. And it's not going anywhere. Trust me, I'm I know, not but now, away now more than ever. Name. Can we show the graphic that the viewer made that made all of us chuckle uh, so? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to put it in tag board. we okay. got to get it ready. But it is so, we, we can pop that up later. It's so good. It was good. And actually, shout out, it was Creative Juice, who's a paid <laughs> member in the chat every day. Great. He emailed us right after the show, like, hey, I work in graphic design, had a few minutes, I whipped this up. And <laughs> it exa- is it exactly what... It's very uh, good. Steve what you were Becker looking had for. asked for earlier. I'm not sure it's going to replace the actual nugget on the graphics, oh, but it, it did make to. us all laugh. I don't it, know how it does. It, it did make us all laugh. So Anthony will pull that up here in a little bit. Because <laughs> a lot of people see that and they, they, they they're not sure. Some people told me it looks like a hash brown, and I kind of think it does. I'm not sure my face on it makes it any more clear what it is. <laughs> oh, it makes honest. it crystal so, clear to me. Uh, we do have to give a shout-out and send our <laughs> prayers to Nick Chubb, by the way. G. Bush talked about the, yes. the surgery he had that kept him out of prom. Well, Nick Chubb is undergoing surgery today on his yes. injured knee in Cleveland. So prayers up for Nick Chubb. Hopefully it is a successful, easy – successful is the right word for a surgery? Sure. No, yeah. yeah you can go in. Surgery. Well, here's the thing. There's the possibility that there's more damage than they saw on the MRI because the MRI obviously was taken at a time where there was a lot of swelling. And sometimes when doctors go in, they 
Right. Find a surprise that they didn't expect. Let's just hope that the ACL is intact. And it but was we just never the hear MCL. a report later saying unsuccessful surgery. Actually, Odell Beckham, OBJ had one. He did. His, uh, his usually your ACL. I don't know if they do cadavers anymore. Well, it's up, to, it's, it's, it's up to the it's up to the the patient. Yeah. I, I yeah. always had cadavers, but on that note, I did too. The second ACL replacement I had, well, my body rejected it and it deteriorated. And right. I went in for a just a routine knee drain. And when they started draining the fluid, it was, it was yellowish green. And I oh. immediately said, what's that? And the doctor said, you're coming back in tomorrow for emergency surgery. You've got an infection. You know, on the Odell thing specifically, I heard that his right knee surgery didn't go well. Because, and when that happened, the right uh, knee showed a video of the left knee getting too much work. Mm. And the left knee was getting all the, the targets and the right knee was pissed. Yeah, that happened. That, that happens a lot. Like when you get when you get, surgery. I think that fell flat. Bull. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it was a nice effort, yeah, it but was, it was a, it's an absolute crash and burn. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, so you want to do a read before we dive in? We do, guys. And before we get to our first topic of the day, which involves Deshaun Watson's right shoulder, I want to tell you that if you're ever in the unexpected situation where you need life-saving antibiotics on the fly, you gotta hit up Jace Medical. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you the peace of mind that you have access in an emergency situation at the tip of your fingers. Jace Medical makes sure you'll get that medication. It is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery, ongoing consultation, and care. So don't get caught unprepared. You can get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. That is J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. There you go. All right. Uh, we're going to start today with a sore shoulder. And it's not just anyone's sore shoulder. It's Deshaun Watson's sore, sore shoulder. Did not throw Wednesday. Did not participate in practice. Yesterday, he was on the field. He participated. He threw the ball, but it was described, I believe, as very light. Uh, light and limited. Yeah, light and limited. That, 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 that's kind of a red flag, um, obviously, because it's a throwing shoulder. Um you guys concerned? Where are you on the concern meter about Jason, this? have you been to camp, th- uh, camp practice this week? Yeah, I was there Wednesday. Is there any real concern? No, I don't think so. I, I You know, let's wait and see how he plays on Sunday. But uh, I, I know he hasn't played a ton of football on the field the last couple of years, but he's still been throwing. You know, it's not like he hasn't yeah. thrown a football. He's certainly been out on his own throwing, throwing to receivers, throwing the offseason. So it's not like he's coming back from surgery type thing where he wasn't able to throw. I think it's minor at this point. You know, let's wait and give it a game and see if it's anything well, anything more concerning after hopefully that. Hopefully you can give us clarity on this. I, I'm assuming that this is from a hit, from an injury. But I don't know that it's not from throwing fatigue, which is clearly a thing. Yeah. Um, do you, can you clear that no, up? No, uh, unfortunately, no. I Actually, I talked to him briefly after he did his scrum Wednesday. Yeah. But it didn't come up. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. It, there is a difference. Um, oh, sure. Throwing fatigue, obviously, is, is a real problem. Yeah. If, if it's throwing fatigue, that's like asking a pitcher to go out after he's thrown 100 pitches and pitch on a, a, day's, a, few, a, a day short rest. You can't. That's difficult if, if it's painful to throw. I was led to believe by the guys upstairs, the producers that were out there Wednesday and Thursday, that this was more a, from a bang that he took in the game on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, uh, and if that's the case, I think 
obviously the, the scary thing for me is it puts a bullseye now on that right shoulder. You know how defenses love to target wherever there's an injury on a player. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their target zone. Um, I think it could become an, a, an issue moving forward if teams start to target that shoulder. Uh, but right now, because he was able to throw yesterday and because there doesn't seem to be major panic coming out of Berea, yeah. I'm okay for now. The one thing I guess I would circle or flag on this is, you know, when they, when, when they started reconstructing this offense, mm-hmm. they didn't really want to expose Deshaun to a lot of hits. Like the Jalen Hurts comparison came up as like, don't really want that. Don't, yeah. We don't need that. We need more pocket Deshaun, throwing Deshaun. Well, that really hasn't been the case. It has not. He has run a lot through these first couple of games, partly because he was struggling to throw the ball in the first two. So he has been moving a lot on his feet. And I just wonder now with this, if they try and get him back to, obviously the line has to protect him. Yeah. And I just wonder if they scale back a little bit on the run game, because well, that was the original plan was to not have him run as much as he has. Right. Been. But if you do take that weapon away, that, that does become a problem. Yeah. I don't know that you necessarily want to take it away. I just don't know that you want him running as much as he, he's been running a lot. He's still going to run. Like, I mean, you maybe call less plays for a run, but yeah. he's still at times going to run because sure. that's his instinct. Absolutely. And has and to then, be better at getting down before contact. It feels too. like they've had, and I don't have it in front of me. I probably, maybe I should have looked it up. It feels like they've had a lot of called runs for him. A couple of games. Yeah, they've, they've been something. in there for I sure. I can tell you. Give me one second. Yeah, give something. Me exactly. All right. Well, are you going to know if they're called runs? Yeah, you actually can sort that according to PF. PFF's advanced stats this year have taken a gigantic step forward. I can tell you exactly. And by the way, Designed quarterback runs versus scrambles coming up in my five piece of McNuggets stats to know. Oh, nice. Nice. In case you don't know what that is, uh, five piece is uh, we're going to do it every Friday. It's McNuggets five stats that we have to know before we watch the game. So enjoy a five piece uh, coming up later in the show. Um, He's run the ball, by the way. Um, No, that can't be right. Okay, so according to PFS, he has 16 carries this year. Oh. Eight have been scrambles. One has been a QB sneak. And that means seven have been design quarterback design runs. Okay. All right, so, so a couple that's, of games. That's a, couple game. a couple of games. It's not a lot. It's, no, it's not a lot. And, um, man, he's going to have to do his thing. Hey, look, we, I, we, we was on Baker Mayfield when he hurt his little shoulder, right? We was like, we didn't care about that. Like, you better get out here. I don't feel – either you ready to play or you're not ready to play. So, sometimes it's like, all right, we, we going Baker for it. And people keep saying, why do you keep going back to make the comparison? First of all, people, stop being outrageous. You act like you can't – if you hear one man's name, you just pass out. Like, oh, my God, Baker. You compared anything to Baker. Yeah. I'm just – shut up. By I'm way, just trying to let you know how to say shut up. For whatever it's worth, it's and it's not a huge variance – he, he through three games. He's uh, it's his lowest rushing attempts per game of his career. He's, yeah. he's not even running like that. So you know again, it's not a big variance. It, it, his career is five point one, six point two, five point five, five point six. Last year was six. This year it's five right now. And, so and like I said, right in line. You know, we, 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 you when you lose your your running back and you use half of your offense. Man, it's all hands on deck. If we need him to get a first down, he got to get that first down, dog. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you got to slide, dive, whatever it is. I would like right. to see him slide a little bit more. I just feel like he's not running to contact, but he, he, there's contact there. And, you know, that's a $240 million Lamborghini. You'd yeah. like to stop behind the stop sign, not kind but of roll through it. I think we all agree you want him to slide. But, it, you know, in the heat of battle... I get it. You know, he's. I'm never going to criticize the guy for trying to get more yards. He's, yes, no. he's got to be smart about it. 
He's got to know the situation. If it's a situation where, hey, this is fourth down, I got to get a first down, and the no, game's over. You got to do what you got to do. But to G. Bush's point about making a comparison to Baker Mayfield, yeah, Baker Mayfield ran to contact when he never should have, and he was never the same after now, that now, injury. Now here's the thing: I, I'm a firm believer quarterbacks after quarterbacks after throwing interceptions should just walk off the field. If they run that back, yeah, stop. Ooh, that's how guys tackles. get hurt all the time. Uh, all the time. That's, that's just, just not. But using that's your how head. Baker got hurt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they be waiting for you. They like, oh, like it, it's an instinct. They're like, okay, well, blindside hits. Guess what? If I blindside your quarterback, that's only fifteen. I can't even get kicked out of the game for that. So if I could take your quarterback out, but he's trying to make a, a feeble tackle, now his defensive lineman can hit you. The protections are off. Stay inside the country. Do not go abroad. You have protections here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they no, will, that's they, smart. But they will kidnap you guys. Yeah, they yeah, will yeah. body snatch you real quick. I, they've been trying to get a J in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we got us a J Crawford over here. Got a free shot. I'm going to take yeah, it. I'm yeah. taking that. Um the one thing that I think we talked about a lot last couple of weeks about Deshaun is we've tried to figure out what was different between his first two performances this year and and last week's performance. Um, I, I wonder how much of that has to do with the pressure he's getting because we really haven't talked about that part of it. We know that Pittsburgh certainly got after him. I think Cincinnati did a good job of getting after him. The Titans didn't really no. Seem to get much pressure on him. Well, I think they have the more there... secondary of the three, too. No, they do. And I, I yeah. know we talked about how that impacted Deshaun. But what about a clean pocket Deshaun? Like, I don't know if you've got numbers from PFF on that. We do, What's Steve, his percentage nine, with a give clean me pocket? Real quick. You'll see that it's quite different. Now, every, it feels every different. quarterback is quite different. Sure it is. Pressure, yeah. But you can take this false. This is Deshaun. In 2023, with a clean pocket Look slash that under pressure. Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Good job, guys. Yeah, pretty pretty significant difference. Now there is, like to Mikey's point, there always is. I mean, but for most guys, yeah. The 72.6 in a clean pocket. That's terrific. It feels that's like that's league. above league average oh, with a clean is. pocket. Yeah. So I I think there might be something to that, guys. And to your point early this year about the left tackles are going to be a problem all year. Just imagine what he could do behind an offensive line that you had complete faith in with both tackles being able to support Deshaun Watson and give him a clean pocket. I think based on this graphic right here, one of the game plan, part of the game plan has to be moving forward. If you keep extra guys in to chip or whatever you need to do to help keep him upright and clean, that's priority one. I mean, they've had pressure from interior as well. Like it's they not have. just the tackles. No, you're right. You're the right. guards have... You know, Betonio struggled at times. Wyatt has struggled at times. Like, it's it's coming from – there's leaks in the dam. But I wonder, though – But it's it, only a couple games. You know, I wonder if it's coming from the inside, G. Bush, because teams have realized you're not going to get home. Uh, or it's it maybe because they're giving so much help to the wings that the inside becomes softer. Well, Is that you, the case? I, I thought I thought Dewan Jones, he had the highest grade out of everybody on online. I think and, I mentioned Monday, uh, he did not – I noticed Wyatt didn't have to help him as much good. in getting lined up. I think I said that on Monday's show. Did. If I didn't, so I So maybe I, he I did got in the playbook a little because bit. Because it, it, it was noticeable. He was still helping, but it wasn't nearly as much yeah. as it was in Pittsburgh. And and, and like he said, a, Joe Batonio had like a 50 or something. Like – Jerry, um, Simmons is a monster. Like he, Simmons was in the backfield, and Deshaun Watson last game had one of those moves where he just shrugs them off. I don't know. It just seems like he got grease on his legs or something. He shrugged a couple Super guys cool. off and threw yeah. the ball, and he's looking downfield. So, I, you know, 
the Tennessee Titans, people say what they want. They got a good front. They got it traditionally a good defense. He made those throws and made those plays. I think the great part about it is I feel like he, he's got the cape. He understands. It's a thing, it's a thing that, that Stefanski can talk about it. And sometimes when you game planning, it happens like this. You, you talk about success. You talk about uh, throwing with anticipation, feeling like, hey, just trust what we're doing. It's going to break open for us. And I think him and Stefanski finally saw that breakthrough where it was like, wow, we got this on tape. We got this on film now. Right. So now, now we can add some different things yeah. to it. A couple of things. First of all, I got confirmation just now that Watson did hurt the shoulder on a hit in the game. So it was a hit. So it was, it's not arm yeah. fatigue. Number two, something we, whenever we have conversation about sacks, we and everybody else is guilty of this too. We always blame the offensive line. Right. When mm-hmm. often sacks are on the quarterback. Yep. Now, I don't know. PFF, I'm sure, has it somewhere. Yep. I know. Uh, I have the week one, st- uh, the week two stats. Excuse me. I haven't gotten week three. I can look those up. But the like six how, sacks, what percentage of the sacks are his fault? Of the first six, four were credited to the quarterback. Two were credited to the offensive yeah. line. See, and people, we yeah. never talk about that. Yeah. Everybody just blames the offensive line. Often, the sacks are the quarterback's fault. And look yeah. at that. Week two, four of the six. Were his fault. Yeah. I, I went back and watched all 22 of the Pittsburgh Steelers game yeah. to kind of figure out, like, why did you play that well against Tennessee but against Pittsburgh? And there were times where he'd have guys coming open and they'd be open, but he didn't trust it. Right. Like, he, you know, not throwing with anticipation or looking for a bigger chunk play instead of taking the stuff that's available. And he did that four or five times where he could have had guys and – put it on a receiver and let him run after catch, but he just didn't, he wasn't confident in throwing it with, with anticipation. So holding the ball is part of the reason why sometimes quarterback gets sacked. That's right. And they see ghosts sometimes. They roll out of the pocket for no reason instead of stepping up and just throwing the ball, and they run right into a sack. Yeah, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, well, I mean, now we know that it was injury-based. Like I said, that the producers from Channel 3 told me that they they were they, they were of the, uh, of the idea that it was – from a hit that he suffered in the game. I mean that you know Baltimore's gonna they're they're not stupid. Oh yeah, uh, the head of the beast kind of thing. They're gonna they're gonna try to target that shoulder as much as they can, and that of course puts even a higher premium on the offensive line buying them time, and you know keeping their quarterback clean, upright, and uh, and on the field. Before we go to Njoku, you got to read right. Last thing, Mike. Last yeah, thing because I I texted uh, Cleve Ta who, who has his own analytics site. I don't know, you got you know him. I, yeah, didn't, I, I didn't know he had his analytics. He has his own site, and I said I said uh, how much is Watson to blame for his sacks? And he just gave me a quick answer. He said uh, there's. Watson is usually pretty high, and this year's is no exception. He ranks in the top ten of quarterback responsibility for sacks. Well, and to that, and point, a lot of running quarterbacks yes, are near the your top. statue. Your statues, yeah, are, don't, they're not scrambling. They're not moving out of the pocket right. and going into a sack. Sometimes. And, and to that point, this is where the linemen had an adjustment to make coming off Jacoby last year because Jacoby was getting it out faster, and Deshaun wants to hold a little bit longer to make the big play. Sure, and the linemen. We're telling me it was with Jacoby, and it wasn't. This isn't a complaint. It was just an adjustment. It was one thousand one, one thousand two. The ball's out. With Deshaun, it's one thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand three. Oh my God, what, where where is it? Like, what's going on here? Right, right. And so it's an adjustment for these guys to make. Um, and you know, I think it's that bears out a little bit in, in the numbers. Yeah. Sure. Uh, real quick before we get to Injoku, then Tim Couch, Deshaun Watson's t- average time to throw this season 
It's 3.14 seconds, which ranks is one of the higher, yeah, is. more time to throw, and that's partially because he scrambles, extends plays. But sure. it is not like he's under immediate pressure. Two-minute warning post-game show. Myself, Earl G. Bush, happens this week. As always, kicks off the two-minute warning. We'll be going live with either reaction, a celebration, or therapy, whatever happens on Sunday. Myself, G. Earl, will be breaking it down for you guys on Sunday. Quickly before we bring in Tim Couch, David Njoku, how can the Browns help unlock their highly paid tight end? Yeah, you know, talk briefly about it. When, when, when Mike asked the question originally, it was, do they need to make a point of getting David Njoku involved? Yeah. And I, I almost never think that makes sense with any player, let alone a guy like David Njoku. Like, if you have, if you have Tyree Kill or you have, a, you know, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson, an absolute superstar player, Super, yeah, you want to get those guys involved because they're elite talents. But Amari Cooper is the Browns' best player on offense. The other guys are all in the same boat, to me, of either unproven or average. And so I'm never going to make a point. Why would I make a point of getting David Njoku involved over Elijah Moore or over Donovan Peoples-Jones or anybody else? Now, I think naturally... He would be a target in the red zone, and he really hasn't been this year. He doesn't have no, any touchdowns no for touchdowns. three games. But I'm not going to force it, guys. That doesn't make any sense. Well, if you want to rely on the numbers, Njoku's best month in his career has been October. He's got more catches and more yards in October than any other month, and the game's on October 1st. Yeah. And he has the his best numbers against the Ravens in terms of targets and yards. Interesting. So, I mean, obviously it's a divisional team. He plays yeah. them more than anybody. Right. But that's his top team in yardage and targets. So, so you're saying he's going to have a big game this week? Is, uh, by his standards, like, you know. Well, Leroy made a great point earlier this week. He said part of the reason that – I think it was Leroy. He said part of the Mary reason – Mary Kay. I was know it Mary Kay? Yeah, Mary Kay. Oh, it was Mary Kay. You're right. Part of the reason that his production is down is because he's been asked to stay in and block right. as that chipper a lot more. And that, of course, keeps him from running routes. And that, of course, keeps him from catching passes. If he was if he was to get spot shadowed like Harrison Bryant, <laughs> he, it seems like they got the roles re- remix. Like Harrison Bryant running sneaks. He getting, you know what I'm saying? Like this dude is getting five wide touches and everything. I really think when you talk about offensively, right? <clears throat> Offense and how productive you are are a function of opportunity and scheme. Now, if you said we're going five wide, why would I look at why would I look at David Njoku? I'd rather throw the Mar- ball to Mari Cooper and Elijah Moore. And then when you go with your bigger packages, he's a he's the best blocking tight end you have. So if you're gonna say, okay, we got two tight end packages, we're gonna put one of you in a route. Well, I'm gonna put Harrison Bryant in the route because I need to keep you in to help with the tackles. Yeah, but, but if David Njoku were that good a pass catcher, they would if Travis Kelsey might be a better blocker than whoever their second uh, I mean, tight end that, is. But that's Kelsey. That's well, okay. But, that's yeah. Ke- that's so, Kelsey. so, TJ Hawkinson. Okay. Um, I mean, Evan Ingram. He well, might be the best blocker on the Jags. I'm still sending him out. Well, it's not. So, I think I, that's an excuse. I'm not saying he's, I'm yeah. not saying that he's the second coming of, 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 of Ozzie Newsomer. I'm not saying that. Yeah. What I am saying, though, is there are times when you see those other guys and you see them spread out. Like, I'm going with. Two receivers, but I'm standing up and spreading out my tight end so yeah. I could get a mismatch on a linebacker. You don't really see that, like, and plus you you think you would think that he's a red zone target. 
They don't use them in a the red right, zone. Right, they haven't. But here's the bottom line, guys. The reality is there's not that many tight ends that make a huge impact in terms of catching passes. Which is, why they, which is why they gave them the contract yeah. they did. It's a supply and demand issue right, right. where there's just not a lot. If you want to move, if you didn't like the contract and you want to move on from him, well, what are you yeah. going to do? Austin Hooper couldn't run more than three yards without falling down. Oh, right. Hooper was a He's disaster. a perfectly Harrison Bryant's a career decent backup. NFL tight end. Yeah. He's a decent player. We thought with his the fact that he was drafted in the first round, the fact that he has he has great athletic ability, and the fact that they paid him at the time a lot of money, maybe we all thought that there was more there. But I, I, I just think we got to realize, hey, he's going to have a couple of games here and there yeah. where he puts up good numbers, and most of the time it's going to be what it's been, three catches, 30, yeah. 40 yards. Look, season seven, yeah. he is what he is yeah. at this point. You right. sound like and the, it's not terrible. You it's sound terrible, like the guys, guys, and I agree with you, you sound yeah. like the guys who do fantasy. When you talk about tight ends, there's three game changers, yeah. and the rest of the guys are going to have one or two games here yeah. or there where they blow up a little bit. Other than that, he had perfectly the, serviceable. Two it. years ago, he had the incredible catch at L.A. against the Chargers, right, catch yeah. and run touchdown. Last year, it was the Bucks to send the game to overtime. Yep. Incredible catch in the end zone. He's good for two of those a year. Yeah. One, two of he those also drops the ball in the end zone against, against the Orleans. The that, that that he's a useful player. He's not useless, but right. he's not great. I just think I think that because of the amount of money he was paid at the time. Now, right. since it's been eclipsed by a number of guys. Right. But when they made him the third highest paid tight yeah. end, I think that automatically raised the expectations right. for fans that, okay, well, let's right. get and that And it never happened. Performance. And he is what he is. He's yeah. a decent player, solid player. You know, nothing wrong with him. No. He's a starting tight end in the league. There's, there's certainly not 32 tight ends better than him. I don't even know if there's 10 better than him. I know he's 17th right now in yards, yeah. but I don't even think he's probably somewhere around that 10th best tight end. But that's I, fine. I will say at the owners' meetings yeah. in March, I was talking to another team just about the Browns and business and Deshaun fully guaranteed contract and yeah. everything. And the first name that got brought up, well, not just Deshaun, the Njoku contract. Yeah. So yeah. other teams saw it and rolled their eyes it at was, it. It was. It was. But look, look, the Bears did basically the same thing with Cole Komet this offseason. Well, yeah. We don't want to be better compared, than Njoku. Well, we don't want to be compared to the right, Bears. Right, I hear you. <laughs> let's, hey, compa- let's be compared we, to the Chiefs. When, when it comes to the money, the money is is just I, – I, it's, it's not Monopoly money, but it is. Like, it, it's – that, that person is never going to be worth what it is. Like, the, t- the people at the top of the food chain in sports, like, say, for instance, LeBron. You can't quantify how much LeBron is supposed to get. He's, he's underpaid. A, by he's a lot. Underpaid. He has been his whole career. He's underpaid. Underpaid. So, if he were playing soccer in Europe, what would he, like, be, and, and he was the equivalent 100 player. million a year. I had a, I, more than that, right? I had a conversation with him one time about yeah. that, about if, is he worth 100 million a year? Of course, he thinks he is, yeah. Well, I do of course. too. Of course, 100% million million is. Yeah. Course. Especially in basketball, where one great player makes such a difference. Yeah. All right, we have Tim Couch before we yeah. do it. Mikey's got to read. Yep, we'll bring in Tim in one sec. Before we do that, I want to remind everybody that after Monday's show, Monday, no change to the show, 11 to 1 o'clock, right here, full Ravens breakdown. But from 2 to 4, we are live. This YouTube channel, it is on the public. You don't have to be a member. Anyone can watch. We are live from Cavs Media Day. Myself, Brad Earl, and a bunch of Cavaliers players will be Getting you ready for the upcoming basketball season. It's going to be late. And the barbershop is later that night. We had a little mix-up last week. G thought media day was the previous week. (laughs) G will be on the barbershop at 6 to 7 that night. So a full day of UCSS content coming to you live on Monday. Two hours here, two hours at Cavs Media Day, an hour at the barbershop. And now we welcome in our quarterback, our QB1, the one the only, Tim Cowley. Timmy! What's up, guys? Great to see you, man. We want to start with what was different for Deshaun Watson in week three. What led to that breakout performance? 
he just looked more comfortable to me. You know, I think he, he was much more decisive with the football. Uh, he had a very good understanding of what he was seeing, uh, what the defense was doing, where he needed to go with the ball. The ball was coming out a little quicker uh, than we normally see with Deshaun. Uh, you know, and the receivers did a great job of getting separation, getting open and catching the football. So it was just a really good performance offensively. I think one that was very much needed, uh, you know, not only for the fans to see, uh, because they hadn't seen it so far out of Deshaun. But for Deshaun, mentally, you need one of those games to get you going. You know, he hadn't played that well since he's been with the Browns. He probably feels like his old self now. He's probably thinking, you know, now I got some momentum. Now I'm starting to, uh, you know, this offense is starting to click with me. I'm starting to click with Stefanski, his play calling, and what he wants out of me from each play. So, you know, I'm sure Deshaun feels a ton of confidence going into this game against Baltimore, as he should. He played extremely well last week, and, uh, you know, hopefully he can just keep that, that momentum rolling into this week. Tim, Nick Chubb, you know, he, Deshaun Watson played eight games with Nick Chubb and never looked good. He played one game without him and looked good. Is there anything that, you know, in Houston, he never had a feature back. And I would never say you don't want Nick Chubb because that's insane. And it's one game, which makes it even crazier. Is there something to that, that feature back not being there that, that you can connect to his performance? Or is it just a coincidence? Yeah, I would say just more more than anything, I think Deshaun just realizes how much he has to step his game up, you know, with, with Nick not being in the lineup. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it would be crazy, I think, to think that taking that type of player out of your lineup would, would you know, benefit anyone, right. uh, you know, much less the quarterback. You know, I think you always want that running game that that guy is going to take the pressure off of you from a quarterback standpoint. But I think it's just more of Deshaun saying, all right, our best player is out. Uh, I've got to be better. You know, I have to be better in the passing game because obviously the running game is going to take a step back without one of the league's best backs out there in the backfield. So I got to be better as a quarterback. I got to get the ball out quicker. I got to make quicker decisions. I got to anticipate throws. I got to take care of the football. And I think that was probably his mindset going into that one. You know, Tim, I, I wasn't supposed to do this. I wasn't even supposed to ask this question, but I'm going to mess up the rundown and ask it. You know, we, we, we talking about Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson today. Mm -hmm. Today, if you had to choose one moving forward as your quarterback, who would it be? Ah, man, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I, I, if I had to pick today, I'm taking. I'll probably take Lamar Jackson just because I've seen such a you know much more of a body of work out of Lamar, and uh, you know I know kind of what he's going to give me. Deshaun, you know, since we've seen him come back from the, the suspension, it's just been so inconsistent, so up and down. And I know Lamar is going to be a consistently good player. I probably at this point I'm taking Lamar, but you know I think Deshaun has a huge upside. He can get back if he can get back to that level he was playing at uh, when he was with the Texans. And I think you have a you know a serious debate. But I think as I sit here today, I'd have to go with Lamar. Way to be a no fence rider on that, Tim. You yeah, dove right in. Set it with your chest. That's what I like. Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought Mikey was going to get me killed with that question. So I'm going to use you as the meat shield. <laughs> Put you out in front of me. I agree with Tim. Tim said it, not me. Tim said it. Hey, the, the, the play with Deshaun where he just turned around and panicked and threw it 15 yards behind him as a quarterback. How does that happen? What happened there? 
You know, I, I don't know. You know, I think some, you never know what's going through a quarterback's mind uh, at all times. You know, I think he just, like you said, I think the biggest thing was he just he just kind of panicked and didn't uh, and just kind of lost track of what he was doing. And uh, you know, I you know I think all quarterbacks, you know, if you watch games throughout the you know throughout the league each week, you know, you see quarterbacks just make those plays where you scratch your head, like what what the hell is this guy doing? Um, but you know, it just happens sometimes. You know, there's a lot going on. The game is moving super fast. You have to make so many uh, uh, decisions in a split second. Uh, within each play so uh, you know I think he just broke down a little bit and uh, and just kind of lost track of what he was doing and he made a bad play but uh, you know I think you know just you know thankfully the rest of the game was was really good he made good decisions and took care of the ball so it was it was definitely good to see him have one of those type of weeks did, did you ever have one of those not necessarily maybe turn around and throw it 15 yards behind you but did you ever have a panic moment where you go back and watch it on film and go oh god that was bad Oh, I had a lot of them. <laughs> I don't see them. He, remember, he had no offensive line, so he had a lot of opportunities to do that. Yeah, I think I think my rookie year was an entire panic. You know, whole, whole damn season. After passing through, hey Tim, yes. uh, this this Browns defense has done it again through three weeks. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but earlier this week we showed a stat that showed that the top three defensive performances by one metric this year in the NFL were the Browns. First, second, and third games. They are playing, although it's early, at a very elite level. When you look at what they're doing, does it scare you at all that now they're going to see a running quarterback? Because the one thing that all their opponents had in common in weeks one, two, and three, Burrow wasn't going to run. He had the hurt calf. In in week two, obviously, Kenny Pickett isn't the most mobile guy in the world. And last week, Tannehill is more of a statue, too. Should we be concerned this week because all of that changes? Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jay. And it is going to be a much different type of test for this defense. And obviously, you know, the first three games, what we've seen on the defensive side of the ball has been unbelievable. They're playing at a historic pace right now. You know, they're shutting teams down like we, we haven't seen before. And it's, it's going to be a much tougher test against Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar has proven – against everybody in the league you know everybody comes in with kind of that same game plan against Lamar let's keep him in the pocket let's you know let's make him be a a pocket passer well he's shown now that he can be a pocket passer and also you can't keep him in the pocket you know he finds a way to get out of the pocket and to to create extend plays and to make plays down the field with his legs and with his arms so uh, it's going to be a huge test I think it's going to take a lot of discipline for this defensive line to stay in their rush lanes, to you know, not get deeper than the quarterback when they're rushing the passer, push the pocket from the inside, uh, just try to bottle him up as much as you can. But you know, like I said, that's much easier said than done. So th- this will be a much tougher test this week against Lamar, and I- I'm looking forward to see how you know the game plan they come up with to defend Lamar, and, and more importantly, how they go out and execute that. Tim, uh, two guys I wanted to point out defensively, who I think are playing great. That you know, number one is JOK who yes. for much of the first two years in Cleveland looked like he wasn't even a football player. Certainly last year, he looked completely lost. He looked like he had no instincts. Grant Delpit had struggled his time here. At the end of last year, he started to play better, but first three games, he's taken it to another level. When you see guys that look kind of lost, and then all of a sudden there's a new coach, and some of it, like JOK, seems like he all, all of a sudden he's got football instincts, but right. I, I can't, like how, what happens? What does the coach do with guys like that that turns them from guys who look lost to guys who look like stars in in, in one month yeah you know I, I think it's i think it's really just guys feel more comfortable in certain systems than they do in others and you know they're being asked to do things that they're more comfortable with 
things that they're better at doing. And I think that's what Jim Schwartz does extremely well is, is he asks guys to do what they're really good at. You know, he doesn't put them in a situation where they're going to struggle. You know, he's not going to ask a safety to cover a man, uh, a guy one-on-one all the way across the field. He knows he can't do that. You know, he's going to put them in good situations. And I think that's what great coaches do. And, and JLK is playing great football. You know, I think I, I saw a stat earlier this week where I think last year it said he missed – a certain percentage of tackles, maybe 14% of uh, missed tackles throughout the, throughout the season. This year, it's like down to seven. So he's cut that in half. He's much more of a, a sure tackler. And, you know, I think, like you said, that has a lot to do with his instincts. And he's being in the right place. He's being put in the right uh, situation. So uh, these guys are really improving, uh, you know, from the front end to the back end. This whole defense just looks completely different. Uh, you know, obviously, Miles is, is playing at a, a lights-out level right now. Uh, so it's great to see these guys improving and, and feeling comfortable within that system and showing what they're capable of doing on that side of the ball. Tim, what's crazy, though, is you say, well, the co- Jim Schwartz is a great coach. We all agree. He's put him in a system that's more comfortable. Like, why doesn't every coach do that? Isn't that – shouldn't that be obvious that you should do that? I don't – like, is it is, – are there too many coaches that are like, this is my system and you got to do it my way? I don't understand why anybody would do it. It seems so obvious. Yeah, you know, I think it is kind of that where, you know, each coach comes in, they have their style, they have their system that they've ran for, you know, however many years they've been a coach, and it's what they believe in. So when they come in, you know, I think, you know, obviously everyone tries to do, you know, put put guys in certain situations to, to help them out, to make plays, to be, to be their best version of themselves. Uh, but some coaches just do it better than others. Some coaches come up with better schemes, you know, that's why they – you know, we get elite coaches and we get coaches that are just okay. You know, it's just like a player. You know, just some, some guys are coming in, are much better at coming in and designing these things and, and coming up with, with ways to put guys in the right situations. And, you know, I think he's been great at, you know, what he's done with Miles Garrett. Like, you know, you come in here and you think, you know, how can Miles Garrett get any better than he has been throughout his career? But to me, you know, what Schwartz has been able to do with him as far as moving him around and creating situations for Miles to get one-on-one when he can in pass rush situations, it's, it's taken Miles' game to another level as well. So he's done a great job with everybody on that defense, and it's, it's been great to see. And you know, But like Jay mentioned earlier, this, this week's going to be a much different test for those guys, so we'll, we'll see uh, how, how they go and perform against Lamar Jackson and that, that Ravens offense. You know, Tim, I got you know, the Browns' defense is, has been dominant. They've been getting pressure all over the place. When you were playing quarterback and when you were in the league, um, what was more difficult, playing against a defense that was – masterful at disguising the coverages and what they wanted to do pre-snap versus post-snap or a team that just got penetration and, and caused havoc in the backfield by guys having penetration, which is, which is that it was more difficult for you to handle? You know, they're, they're both difficult in their own way, but I think for me, not being the most mobile type of guy, I think it was that, that you know, getting penetration, getting pressure on the quarterback. I think, you know, if you get to most quarterbacks in this league, you know, other than your Lamar Jacksons and a guy who can, you know, really get out of the pocket and really extend plays with their legs, you know, a guy like me who was, a, you know, a true pocket passer, I, I really was affected by that, you know, with guys, you know, just kind of feeling that pressure, you know, of guys coming at you and, you know, you got guys, you feel guys like at your feet. And you just don't feel like you have time to step into throws and, and time to let plays develop down the field. So, you know, for me, it was certainly that that pressure. And, you know, I know every quarterback's a little different. But, you know, no, I don't know any quarterback that says they, they like pressure and they like to, you know, be getting hit as they throw the ball every play or, or getting sacked and those kind of things. So I think that really affects a quarterback mentally. It really speeds up your process of, um, you know, where you want to go with the ball. It, it, it doesn't allow you, allow you to de- uh, let plays develop down the field as much as you would like to. So it really affected me as a quarterback, that, that instant pressure. The, the play where Miles just went in motion on his own and drew two blockers right. with him. 
Well, yeah. I understand there's not very many guys in the league that will you that are so good that you have to target that way, but that's the first time I recall ever seeing it. He said he did it on his own just to screw with them. The play clock was running down. He knew they couldn't snap it until they were set. Why don't we see that happen more often? I don't know. You know, I've, I've never seen that before in, in all my time of watching football. Where I, You know, first of all, I've never seen a defensive end just go in motion like that. You know, certainly Miles <laughs> created that. He, he came up with that one by it's himself. It's called the Miles but, you know, I think motion. <laughs> the Miles motion, yeah. I'm sure maybe they put that in the defense now just to confuse guys. But, you know, so he goes in motion and two guys just go with him. And, you know, I, you know I've never seen that before. So that, that was new to me. And, um, you know, Miles is just – he has like the ultimate green light. You know, it's almost like a Steph Curry in basketball where they just like, you know, you can shoot any shot you want. You know, you can do whatever you want to do out on the court. And Miles, is, he kind of has that freedom. Like, do your thing, man. Just go out there. You know, we've seen him doing crossover dribbles before the snap. Now we see him go in motion. It's like something new every week with him. And, and I think that's really bringing out Miles' creativity and, and freeing him up to go out and be the player that he is. Yeah, and that, I think, is the Schwartz effect. And it's funny because you're damned if you do, Tim, and you're damned if you don't as an offense. If he goes in motion like that and you don't bring your tight end over there with him, you're leaving yourself extremely vulnerable because now he's coming where there isn't an extra blocker on that side. If you do decide to bring him with you, you run the risk of, if it's late in the play clock, taking a delay of game or having to burn a timeout. It really is. I, I can't believe we've never seen it until now. It's one of those, but why did we think it, of that? It, well, Why did this take so long? Yeah. Is the counter to that, Tim, you just run to the side that Miles just vacated? Like, in all honesty, is that the, the counter to that? You know, it really messes with your protection schemes and communications in the offensive line. You know, you call the play in the huddle and you've got it set to go in this direction. And all of a sudden the guy, you know, you have two of your blockers move to the other side. It kind of screws up, you know, your protection scheme and everything like that and, and who your reads or your hot routes are, side adjustments are as a quarterback and wide receivers as well. So it requires a lot of communication with those guys. You know, when Miles moves around like that and you have, you know, your offensive line, has to start scrambling, you know, where's this guy going now? Who are we going to, um, you know, who's, um, you know, who's our hot guy, that type of thing. So it, it definitely messes with defenses. And I, I think that we'll probably see a lot more of that now going forward. Now that, you know, we've seen how, how much that does truly affect uh, an offensive scheme. But how many guys in the league truly command that type of attention? Like, I can't believe, you know, not many. many. I, no. Yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking, you know, just off the top of my head, probably a TJ Watt. Yep. Uh, you know, maybe one of the Bosa guys, Bosa's, um, Bosa. Uh, Bosa brothers. Yeah. Bosa, um, you know, some of those, it, it's, it's only a handful of guys that you really are concerned with that much where you know that if it, you put them in a one-on-one -on -one situation that more than likely it's going to be a sack if the quarterback doesn't get rid of the ball in a hurry. Tim, we'll get your prediction in a second, but before we get there and let you go, one question. We've talked about the Swartz effect on the defense and how they're flying around, they're making plays. It's just, it's, it's astonishing how much different the defense looks this year from last. And I know they added some pieces too, but I think we all agree that Swartz is the biggest component. He is already in three games as the Browns defensive coordinator, held two opponents to three points. Joe Woods did that once in three years. What effect does that have on the quarterback and on the offense, knowing that you probably don't have to shoot 30 or 35 points to, to come out with the victory. How does that change your mindset and your performance? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Jay. And I think for a quarterback, it really does affect your mindset. And it affects the type of plays that you try to go out and make throughout a game. You don't, you know that you don't have to force the ball. You know, if the, if the, if the play calls for, you know, a deep shot down the field, and it's not there, you know you don't have to force that. It's okay to come back 
check the ball down. If, if the running back makes breaks a tackle and gets you a first down, you extend the drive, that's great. But also, you know, in the back of your mind, if you have to punt the football, it's not such a bad thing because you're probably going to get it right back. Uh, with, with that type of defense. So it's, it, it certainly does affect the way you you, you think about things as a quarterback, strategy-wise, uh, how aggressive you need to be uh, throughout the game, you know, especially early in games. You know, you can go out and just say, hey, I'll take what's there. I'm not going to force anything because I know I've got a great defense to support me. So that's very comforting as a quarterback to know you have that, um, you know, that, that defense that you can rely on and you don't have to go out and score, you know, like you said, 35 points. You know, you, you know, the defense is probably going to make it a low-scoring game. So you just go out and do the, do your thing and, and not turn the football over. Try not to put them in a bad situation on a short field and just, just play as conservative as you, as you need to as a quarterback because you know you have that defense to back you up. Tim, we need two predictions. We want your prediction on the Browns-Ravens, but also your Kentucky Wildcats are 4-0. and Now, they haven't played anybody yet. Yeah. You did have your first True. conference game against Vanderbilt. But you got Florida at home this week, and then the big one, obviously, Georgia next week on the road. Do they stay undefeated? I think Florida's ranked at the back end of the top 25. Do they stay undefeated? Yeah. And uh, it, what about the Browns? Yeah, I think I think Kentucky is, uh, you know, we've had a lot of success against Florida over the last five or six years. You know, all the games have been really tight, been really close. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Kentucky has won three out of the last five games against Florida. Uh, so so it's, um, you know, we got them at home. It's a noon kickoff. Um, unfortunately, you know, I was hoping it was going to be a later game. But, uh, you know, we'll all be there supporting the Cats. I think I think Kentucky gets a win at home. Obviously going to be a huge game. Uh, the week after against Georgia on the road. So, you know, the SEC has just kind of been – it's kind of been up and down, you know, this year. Other than Georgia, you know, Alabama doesn't look like Alabama. LSU has kind of been inconsistent. So, it's um, – you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of wide open this year. So, we'll see what True. Kentucky – you know, what type of team they really have this week when they when they play Florida. But, you know, so I'll take Kentucky in that one. But as far as the Browns go, um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns just because of that defense. You know, I think it will be a very tough test for them against Lamar, uh, you know, play, but they're playing at home and Deshaun had such a big game last week. It's just, if he can go out and continue that type of uh, performance with the defense that we have, I, I certainly have to take the Browns at home. Thanks, Tim. We Sounds appreciate great. it. Man. Tim, we'll right, see you next week, man. Hopefully we'll be three and one and talking about the bye yep. week in the Niners. We'll see you then. That'd be great. All right, look forward to it, guys. See you then. All right, former Browns quarterback Tim Couch. Uh, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, I do have to run, jump in with a little breaking news. Steve, you take tag board full. Mary Kay Cabot is at Browns practice today. We talked about Deshaun's sore, sore shoulder. Mary Kay reporting just a minute ago. He threw two short passes in early drills, did not throw during red zone drills. So wow. just something to monitor from yeah. now till Sunday. I'll piggyback, I'll piggyback off that. Zach tweeted that Deshaun threw one pass, then he walked over to the trainer at the start of practice. Uh, oh, that's not great. Zach is presuming that you have to get DTR prepped to play. So this may be a little bit more than we thought. Oh, boy. D-T-R. Get ready, dog. That I, I'm just curious to see the line change. I wonder if they took it off the board right now. Yeah, that's interesting. That line's going to change. Um, the Ravens will become favorites in the game. Oh, absolutely. If DTR plays. Yeah. Injury report should be released, released while we're still on the show around 12, yeah. 1245. Well, that's right. a bummer. Let's hope. I mean, he may be fine. We don't We don't know. It might just be. It's still be... Friday. Just to, for everyone, it is still no. Friday. We got, so. yeah, we yeah, got yeah. Uh, 49 hours to kick off. Um, they, these, I, th- these things, though, I mean, I'm assuming that he's had the MRI and everything else. These things can linger. Um, or these things can just magically clear up. You just you don't know how bad. Jay, it is. I don't like that. You've been there. You throw one time, and then when that pain hits you, Not you throw it. Like, <laughs> and then and anytime you go immediately to the trainer and don't say nothing to your coach, 
that's problem. That's like yeah. that's fear in your heart. Like I'm scared. I don't know. Yeah, this uh-oh. hurt. This hurt. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming Jay that they did an MRI. They, I they, would imagine they, they, so. You know, yeah. tried to check off as many boxes as sure. they could. Um, it, it, it's you can't tell. I mean, we don't. We have. We don't have enough information. Right. Obviously, the new information today. Mm. makes us a lot not more great. concerned not great because we asked that question to start the show mm. and we were like, you know it's okay it's it's friday and there's plenty of time but um if there's still pain when he's throwing it that's certainly not a good sign yeah yeah if it did have to go to dtr he's a huge question mark we have no idea what we have <laughs> zero none this is the worst listen hold on let me just i don't want i'm laughing because you you like don't you say it g bush i hate you this is the worst case scenario, right? If you like, if for the Browns, I know where you're going. For, it don't matter. Go I, ahead. No. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> don't let that boy come in and play well. <laughs> it don't no, matter. Don't, it don't, don't matter. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen. It's my content equal it, dream. I've told it's, you. It's what McNuggets no, said. He said this. You did. Like verbatim. He said, my content dream is uh, no disrespect. Deshaun Watson comes in, we think he's the guy, but then he gets hurt, and then DT Carr comes in and balls out. That he said that verbatim, and this is week what four? And this is we right on the cusp. Listen, it was not my dream. I just said if we want numbers galore, that is gonna do numbers galore in the city. Yeah, I want, we don't wins. want anyone to get hurt. I, I want wins. I'll take wins any day of the week over a quarterback controversy and, and, in terms and, of steering up, no, uh, stirring up no, interest listen, in the show. No, listen, but it will it will create a problem. He could if, throw, he, if he comes in and balls out yeah, and throws for three hundred, that will create a problem. He could throw for four hundred, four touchdowns, run for two hundred and two touchdowns. Deshaun <laughs> Watson starting as soon as he's healthy. I get that. I, I, I gotta I tell you, period. I'm not the numbers that. that you get, like <laughs> if you want. To go 250 and two touchdowns, I'm with you. That's why I'm if he throws for 400 and four touchdowns and runs for 200 and runs for let me tell you something. There's a quarterback controversy. Deshaun has a dead cap hit of 200 million dollars this year. I get it. The starting quarterback. Once upon a time, and I'm not, I'm not trying to you know foreshadow what's coming, but to give you guys that may not be old enough to remember this scenario. Once upon a time, the Patriots gave a yep. huge contract to Drew Bledsoe. If I'm not mistaken, it was the first $100 million contract in the NFL. So that was record setting. He got hurt early in the season. Tom Brady came in, balled out, <laughs> won a Super Bowl. Bye bye, Drew Bledsoe. And that was funny. at the time he was making the kind of money that if you extrapolate the dollars to today, that's kind of. Are we Does really Sean having Watson this money? conversation no. right oh, now? Oh, no, 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 we are not. Mean, that's why I laughed. Yeah, because no, I'm going to tell, tell you what. This is, a, like, I would have, we would not have this conversation. Obviously, it's, it's funny because Deshaun Watson is trying to get his foot, he's trying to get his footing. He's trying to gain it. He just looked like he got it. Like, I remember a point in time, this is when Brian Hoyer was playing, right? And he had a game where he had came off a really great game. Two, I think he almost had 300 yards. And then they go into a, a Thursday night or a Monday night game against the Buffalo Bills, and he tears his ACL, right? At that point, Brian Hoyer, we was like, is he a guy that could possibly be starting for you? And he gets injured. Now, my thing is, obviously, they're not going to just switch it up. But it, I feel it's so ironic and only so oh so bright. I think we better just DTR. be hoping the shock wants in place. <laughs> Everybody because needs Because it's a disaster yeah. if DTR plays. Now, here's game. the thing. Um, and to show you that anything is possible in the NFL – 
We saw Mr. Irrelevant last year come and take a 49ers team that has more talent on offense than this Browns team. But there are a lot of similarities between these two rosters. He's never lost. He he hasn't lost a regular season game. That's very improbable. The the only loss was the playoff game, and he got hurt early. And then at one point, they were playing QB4. And they, they were thinking about they had to trade before. the number three overall quarterback. The pick yes. is just like that's improbable. Out, we could pick out any anomaly you want. We're only doing that because they have happened. Right. Yeah. But it's not likely. It's could, not likely because but, in ninety-eight percent of the cases, it's a disaster. Hey, by the way, like this place. Hey, by the way, maybe ninety-nine, especially when uh, Brock Purdy <coughs> uh, had Christian McCaffrey behind him. Well, as I said, the, the, the Niners clearly have well, that's more a weapons on offense. We, we, we're not it's a huge we thing. We, yeah, it's a huge it. thing. I don't want no but problem. Me, but if that DTR Patriots team, though, percentage that team did not have those weapons on offense. Percentage they had a great chance defense. the Browns win this game with Deshaun Watson. With Deshaun? 60%. I'd say 70. Percentage chance they win with DTR. 15? 25. Yeah. Okay. Right, Look, means, there's no argument who Everybody's we being reasonable. No, no there's no, there's no yeah. argument. We, 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 we was just laughing at, we was laughing at how yeah. before the season we it's, talked, the most three talked about people in the industry yeah. was Dewan Jones, DTR, and Amani Bates. And we said, Amani there was Bates. no way these guys are seeing the court or the field. These guys were getting red shirts and, and then Conklin goes down. G. Bush Dewan. speaks it into existence. When he says it, listen, yeah. especially when he's wearing a tuxedo, <laughs> AKA a prom vest. Uh, regardless of who the quarterback is, Fly, I will continue bro. to monitor Twitter, see the latest with uh, Sean Watson. As soon as the injury report all comes out, I'll let you guys know what it officially lists. Right. QB1 as, but real quick, we have two head coaches in this matchup who are quite familiar with each other. John Harbaugh's coached against the Browns 30 times. Stefanski, not that much, but when you look at these two head coaches, can anyone make the case that Stefanski has the edge over Harbaugh in this matchup? The coaching edge? No. 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 What? Not at all. Yeah. Now, so then question two. <laughs> no, no, no. This is two part. I asked that okay. for a reason. <laughs> I mean, part, you, that was the he part it up on the Do you want to make that case? Yeah, I mean, no, I don't. But he's two it, and four. But it leads no. to the second part of this question, which Bull brought up on the conference call this morning. We talk about history of a coach and a team against a opponent. And we use the Bengals Browns as a perfect example here. Right. Are we going to ignore the long-term history of the Ravens having the Browns number, especially in the Harbaugh era? Or are we picking and choosing which history we're going to tend to believe will continue regardless of the past? And, Bo, I may have explained that a little wrong if you want to clarify. No, the point is that everybody brings up the (laughs) Bengals-Browns history in the last couple of years and makes it seem like there's something to it, which it may be or it may be coincidence. Uh, and yet, I feel like everybody here wants to poo-poo the Ravens' dominance over the Browns. Like it, not you. I don't think but, anyone's but poo-pooing I'm not. it. I don't think anybody's okay. poo-pooing it. Then maybe I'm right. I'm not maybe poo-pooing that at all. Mike, maybe it's Mike that's poo-pooing. I mean, look, it, if you break it down, every team in the division has had, had dominance yeah. against the Browns yeah. over the last 20 years. Uh, they've probably had more success against the Bengals, but clearly the Ravens and the Steelers' history has been an abject dumpster fire. And I think that has more to do with the way the organizations have been run. John Harbaugh has been given far better ingredients to prepare the meal than all of the Cleveland coaches have in this head-to-head rivalry. Uh, I remember the game, it was a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2020 when the Browns made the playoffs. I think that, if I'm not mistaken, the Ravens beat the Browns both times that year. Browns finished 10-6, and 
and two of their losses were to the Ravens. But in the last game, yeah, you're right. it was the shootout. And when they met at, ha- at, at midfield, everybody overheard Harbaugh saying, like, this might be one of the greatest games in history. It was like 45 to 42 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And he said, your team is awesome. Like, he was very complimentary of Kevin Stefanski in that moment. But then, you know, the head-to-head matchups, uh, Kevin's 2-4 and four against him. It, you know, you, you have to – here's how I judge whether you got a good coach or not. I judge there's plenty of times where the Steelers have had less talent. There's times where, where, where the uh, Ravens had, had arguably less talent than the Browns. And they still go out and they find a way to win against well, the Browns. Monday night. It, it happened Monday night. So it, I can't give you an edge because I've seen too many times where Harbaugh has had teams that really weren't even that good. Backup quarterbacks and dinged up and people are out and they still find a way to win football games. And until the Browns do that, I can't consistently just say, oh, you're going to. And I need to see it over a sustained period of time. Like he's 11 and 4. He's 24 and 6. That's a that's a really big body of work. Four in Cleveland, the Browns find a way to lose close games. <laughs> they cl- do games and that they should win. They find a way to lose them. And the great teams find a way to win close right. games. Now the Ravens are coming off a game in which it was close, went into overtime. All they had to do on a couple of different drives in the game, some in regulation, some in overtime, just get a first down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got Justin Tucker. He was short on a sixty-two yarder by a yard. But they just couldn't crack the ball past midfield, despite the fact that they were getting it at like the 40-yard line. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, and the Colts aren't, nobody's fearing the Colts. No. Uh, I just looked at that and said, this is a game that the Browns should win. And it shouldn't be a nail-biter. It's at home. They've got a, a terrific defense. And this Ravens team has looked mid to me this year. So it's a game they should win. It, what, what's the line? Is it three and a half? Two round? and a half. Two and a half. Oh, so it went down. It was three and a half, wasn't it? I thought. I thought it was I never, three. I never saw it at three and a half. I saw it at three. I think it was three. Okay. All I right. wonder where it's going to go now with the Deshaun Watson news. Well, they may just pull it off the board. Yeah, they might. Now at this point, I mean, it. it if if Lamar gets loose on the Browns, they're going to be in trouble. If yeah. they can corral Lamar. It, this is going to be another double-digit win, I think, right? Like, I don't yeah. see how Baltimore Tyvis can win. Tyvis said that he would expect less man-to-man coverage Yeah, just because your corners have their backs turned to the line of scrimmage. That's yeah. not a good thing to do about yeah. Lamar. Do you get the sense that we'll see less man, too? Pre- yeah, I, I'd be curious. Did Tyvis mention, I know we're going to talk about it here in a minute, about, like, who did you want? Who would you want to spy? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that later. What did Tyvis say? I don't know that don't we asked him here. specifically. Tyvis did actually answer that question for us upstairs. Now, we asked him when he was here pre-show on Wednesday, and he I said... Be, well, we, we can put a pin in if you want until we get to the topic. I, Are we doing that now or TV? No. We're doing the TV show. That's All right, the then we'll wait. TV we can wait. I, you know, to me, I'm not... I'm, I'm running what I do. Like, I'm doing like... I'm going to do what I do. If I'm been... Knocking folks out, running the same defense that we running. I'm not changing. Even though up. the quarterback, but is the quarterback is immensely different. different. I don't care. It's Lamar. Hey, that's that's how you know you you are dominant. That's like saying we're gonna <laughs> take the ball. When you play the Cavs, guess who's gonna have the ball? LeBron. It don't matter. It's LeBron. He's gonna have a rock. I'm not gonna be passing the ball, letting you know, letting Booby Gibson get his money. Shout out to Booby, by the way. But listen, no, we, we run what we run. If this is going to be an elite defense, the Legion of Boom didn't switch up. The Tampa 2, they run in Tampa 2, and the, and the Bears run the 46. I feel like this is an all-time defense. you got the pieces of the parts. I feel you go out there and you run what you run best and let your chips fall. I feel this one's different. 
I just do. He gonna have to prove it to me. It's a different skill set than anybody else, obviously. Yeah, that, that, they haven't seen anything But if you have, the, if like you this. feel like you have the athletes to keep up with Lamar, then then you play it straight. You play. I agree with G. I think you play the way you play. Yep. And you make the but other see, team even, adjust. So if you feel like you have yeah. the athletes to cover the Ravens yeah. receivers, and I I don't think that's any question. No, that's not. It's right. not the Ravens receivers that would force me to play last but night. That's not what I was talking about. Right, but the yeah. effect of. Their receivers taking our corners down the field with their backs turned to Lamar. That's where he, that's where they're going to kill but, you. But, but, I, no, but, I'm saying, what do I need my corners for? Yeah, we we counting on. You we, don't want their backs. You, you want them to come up and help tackle. We, I don't think he I need not, them. We don't need them. We yeah. we feel like wow. the linebacking core and the defensive line is what we hang our hat on. If I got Miles Garrett, <laughs> the best defensive player, I hope you're right. Hey, listen. I, right. If the corners are leading me in tackles, that's a problem. I wouldn't be surprised if they start in man. With the idea that if it's not working or if he's starting to find lanes and gashing us, then we quickly switch I, out. But if I got two corners it. on, like their receivers aren't that good. They got a no. I know nice they're player. not. I, they don't scare me. But if I got two corners doing that, Flowers is good though. Then, then yeah, what am I? Him. I got nine other guys worrying about Lamar. I don't. I, why do I need the corners to worry about Lamar? Well, if you're not going to play man, then you need Delpit more in pass coverage. Yes, fair. Yeah. No, but I'm saying can't. play man. But. Okay, see, Tyvis is saying don't play man. You're saying play man. My only point is yeah. if you're going the Tyvis route and you're not going to play man, you can't really use Delpit as the spot. No, you can't. Because you need him more. You do. As and help. the back end. Yeah. Yeah, you would want a linebacker. And I don't know that I have, I don't know if there's a linebacker that I think can keep up with. Well, we're going to talk about it on the Channel 3 show. My, actually, my choice is a linebacker. Hmm. I'm going back and forth. Are on you? the list. Yeah, yeah, I still don't know. We're going to have three different... We did a pre-show meeting. We had four different this. answers yesterday. Yeah, actually. Because yeah, remember, one of the answers. answers was really kind of off the... Definitely off the know, board. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in 1230 as we get from YouTube to Channel 3.